Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it here on the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. One hour down, one more to go. We'll talk to college football with uh, Rich Sermonello. He uh, does a lot of things in the world of uh, college football. He's part of the Maxwell Football Club. They give out a lot of the uh, end-of-season awards. Also uh, does some NFL draft analyst work, so we'll talk with Rich coming up uh, later on this hour. We'll talk St. Louis Blues hockey. Uh, Well, another home run for the Phillies. They now lead the Braves 10-2. Quick update on that. Uh, We will get back into baseball here in just a moment. And then I opened up the show with this. I'll remind you, at about 7.35, so in just about a half hour, from now, a little less than that. Uh, we're going to talk St. Louis Blues hockey, but I, this is going to be an interactive segment. So what I want from you, I'll give you the opportunity to call in when we get to that point at 735, but if you don't want to call in or if you want to get your points expressed now, what I would love for you to do is text in or tweet in. If you want to text in, the phone number is 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you text, or you could tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And I want you to tell me what your expectations are for the Blues this season. And the specific reason that I'm asking that question is because in a conference with the media earlier today, the club's general manager, Doug Armstrong, he basically set the expectations. And he talked about being in the upper echelon of the second tier of teams in the NHL that being a, having a third-place finish in the Central Division would be a really good thing for this team this year. And I know a lot of people hear that and go, why are they setting goals and expectations as being a third-place team? I don't take that approach to it. My approach is I appreciate the honesty. I appreciate the ability to evaluate your team, evaluate what else is going on in the NHL, and saying, you know what? If things go well for us this year, this is what we can accomplish. So that's going to be our goal. Groovy. Do that. So with the expectations being set there, what are your expectations for this team? And that's a wide-open, wide-ranging, open-ended sort of question. Maybe it has to do with wins and losses. Maybe it has to do with playoffs, no playoffs. Maybe it has to do with final standings in the division. Um, maybe it has to do with something, something else, goal scoring, success on the power play, uh, the d- defense stepping forward, whatever it might be. 
I'd like to hear from you. So uh, what are your expectations or what you're going to be looking for for this year from the Blues? 314-436-7900. Yesterday, the Texas Rangers became the first team to advance to a championship series. They will play in the ALCS. They will do so against either the Twins or the Astros. Twins and Astros are playing right now. Astros have a 3-1 lead. If they win, it'll be Houston in the ALCS, and it'll be an all-Texas championship series. The Texas Rangers were not very good last year. They lost 90-plus games last year. And then they go win 90 games this year. And I think you can look at things like that that happen and say, what led to that? If you're, if you're a Cardinals fan and you're looking for hope for next season, you look to the Texas Rangers for a right-now example. Because the Rangers are a team that had a miserable season last year and had a heck of a season this year and became the first team to get to the championship series. So what changes? What changes? A few things. So if you're going to use the Texas Rangers as the blueprint for how you take steps forward, let's look at what led to them moving forward this year. And I think you can start with some players just taking steps forward. Marcus Simeon in 2022, 248 26 home runs, 83 RBIs, a 733 OPS. Not a bad season, but certainly not a good season. 2023, Marcus Simeon, 276 average, so about 30 points higher. Home runs about the same, 29, say three more. 100 RBIs, uh, 17 more. Some of that has to do with the offense just being better, more guys being on base. And then an OPS at 826, but he took a step forward. That's a guy that was there that they had signed for 2022. He didn't do a lot in 2022. Comes back in 2023 in a big way. Same thing with Corey Seager. Corey Seager, 2022. 245, 33 home runs, 103, or excuse me, um, 83 RBIs. 772 OPS. Not bad numbers. 33 home runs, a plus 770 OPS. Like You'll take that. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you that his 2022 was a bad year. But his 2023, now he played in less games, played in 151 in 2022, only played in 119 in 2023 during the regular season. So what, he played in 30 less games, basically. He hit 327. He hit 33 home runs. Hit hit the exact same number of home runs in 2023, playing in a lot less games. Had 96 RBIs. So 13 more RBIs than he did the year before, again, playing in much less games. And then the OPS, over 1,000. A 1,000 OPS, 1,013. So that's part of the equation. Uh, The bigger part of the equation, and this goes back to what we've been talking about, and I just keep hammering this point home, and you're probably getting sick of me talking about it, is the payroll rankings. And I'm talking about it because Bill DeWitt III talked about it. I thought those comments in the St. Louis Business Journal were incredibly important that he said that, They're looking to move up in payroll rankings, which to me is a lot more significant than just increasing payroll. If you're going to increase your payroll ranking, you're going to be spending more money than just kind of that out there increasing payroll. In 2022, the Texas Rangers had a payroll of just north of $150 million, and that ranked 15th in Major League Baseball. So two years ago, or last year, not this past season, they were 15th in Major League Baseball. What did they do this year? They increased their payroll by $100 million. 
They went from 150 to 250, just about, and they have the number four payroll in baseball. Mets, Yankees, Padres, Rangers, then Phillies, Dodgers, Astros, Angels, Blue Jays. You got to keep going for a while to find the Cardinals. Eventually, they come in at number 17 at about $150 million. So the Cardinals spent about what the Rangers spent last year. The Rangers jumped their payroll by about $100 million. They made some key acquisitions. They added to starting pitching. They redid their bullpen. Uh, they, they did a lot of things to make the team better. But they invested in the team. That's a huge thing, and that's why moving up the payroll rankings is so incredibly important. Now, you have to spend money smartly. That's what scares me about the New York Mets because the Mets finally have a legitimate baseball decision-maker in-house in David Stearns who ran the Brewers operation for so long. Look what he did with so little in Milwaukee for years and years, and now he's going to be given every opportunity to spend tons of 200-plus million dollars if he wants in New York with the Mets. That's scary. I think the Mets are about to turn into the Dodgers in terms of teams that spend a lot of money but spend it in a very smart way. We're probably not giving the Rangers the credit that they deserve for spending money in a smart way. The other side of it, look at the manager, Bruce Bochy. We'll talk more about him coming up uh, later on in the program because I do think his hiring is something to look at as a reason that the Rangers are playing so well, but maybe not for the reason that you think it is. Again, we'll discuss that coming up later on in the program. But up next, we'll be joined by Rich Sermonello. Talk college football with him. Who has he been impressed with this year? Uh, And from an individual standpoint, from a team standpoint, we'll get into all of it with Rich in just a few moments as we roll on with the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KM1. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Thursday night, it's Chiefs football. Four-man rush. Left side throw for the end zone. Coming back. Come back pattern caught. The Chiefs. The Broncos. Touchdown! Kansas City! Pre-game at 6, kickoff 7-15. On your home for Chiefs football, KMOX. 
just heard it. No sports open line tomorrow night. We will step aside for the great Mitch Holtus and the rest of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs broadcast team. Chiefs Thursday and football, and then I'll be back with you for a full two-hour show on Friday evening here on KMOX. We do welcome you back in. It is a Graybar Sports Open Line. We are going to go to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line right now. Very happy to uh, welcome on a guy who serves as the uh, Vice President of College Awards with the Maxwell Football Club. They give out all kinds of awards at the end of the season, even some in-season uh, Player of the Week type awards. Also does some uh, NFL draft analyst work and uh, contributes to a number of other publications. And he joins us right now on uh, KMOX. He is Rich Sermonello. Rich, thanks so much for coming back onto the program. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for the invite, Matt. Let me uh, let's start with this one. Who is the player this year in all of college football that we were not really talking about at the beginning of the season, but every week is just going out and doing something really special? There have been quite a few uh, so far this season, which is always great about college football. I, Despite the loss against Notre Dame, I'm going to throw out Riley Leonard from Duke, the quarterback who has a chance to really dramatically improve his draft stock. Uh, I think that's going to happen throughout this season, provided the fact that he's healthy. But in September, really impressed by both he and Mike Elko and Duke. And it's it's been one of those years, Matt, where – you know, a lot of basketball schools in general, whether it was Kansas or North Carolina for a time, Syracuse, even UCLA having success last week. But basketball schools in general having success on grass so far this fall. I don't know. You probably don't agree with this. But for me, it, I feel like we're in a weird spot right now in college. There was so much talk mm-hmm. about realignment right before the season got started. It almost felt like the spotlight hasn't totally gotten back on to what's going on this season and all the great stories. Do you agree with that at all? Yeah, I think there's some truth to it. I, I, you know, I, this is just me speaking as a fan and someone who's been covering the sport now for about a quarter of a century. I think a lot of people like me were stunned, particularly by the Pac-12. Uh, you know, I, I know that money drives everything in in all college athletics, but and, and a lot of this was self-inflicted wounds when it comes to the Pac-12. But the fact that we've had basically the dissolution of an entire conference, a proud conference, a conference of champions, it's sort of weird. We're watching some great stuff happen in the Pac-12 this year. Got a huge matchup uh, this Saturday afternoon between Oregon and Washington. We have uh, Heisman and Maxwell Award contenders and guys like Bo Nix and, and Michael Penix and Caleb Williams and to a lesser extent kids like Cam Ward uh, and maybe even a DJ Uyunglele. And, and the fact is next year – these teams are going to be dispersed throughout the country to the Big 12 and the Big 10. So I think there's some validity to what you're saying. I don't know if we have fully caught up to the fact that, yeah, there's great things happening on the field because there's been so much stuff that's taken place in terms of realignment. I find it disappointing. I mean, you can't put the horse back in the barn at this point, but it's, it's disappointing that money is driving absolutely everything in college sports. We're talking in St. Louis, so close to Mizzou. So, you know, we're between SEC and Big Ten country with Illinois mm-hmm. on the other side. But I'm a graduate of Kansas State, so I'm still a Big 12 guy. And I'm I'm very happy that the Big 12 has found a way to yeah. continue to exist when maybe it wasn't at one point. But at the same yeah. time, I, I do watch these Pac-12 games and all the great stories going on, whether it's Colorado or whether it's uh, other programs in, in California, and go, how in the world did they not find a way to keep this league intact? 
it's staggering to me. I, I really was a level of incompetence and really arrogance that I don't think anyone anticipated. It shouldn't have happened. Uh, it did happen. Uh, I, I don't know if we'll ever see, you know, the fact that schools like, you know, Washington and Utah, I know they haven't been together that long, but the Arizona schools, it's funny you bring up the Big 12, Matt. I mean, the Big 12 actually wound up doing really well. And from a geographic standpoint, it's not too bad. You know, you, you add an Arizona and Arizona State, you add a Utah, you add Colorado. There's a lot of cachet with those schools. There's geographic congruity with those schools. So the Big 12 did really well. The wacky one for me is is the Big Ten. You know, mm -hmm. I, I just my my uh, oldest just went to Rutgers for her first semester uh, a little over a month ago, and you know she's and and her classmates are now in the same conference as Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA. It's just it's goofy, and and quite frankly, it's not great for the student athletes. Outside of, you know, football is once a week, basketball multiple times a week. But how about those smaller sports that now have to travel clear across the country uh, to compete? I, I, again, I just find it very disappointing. We've been talking to you for a few minutes, and somehow we have not yet mentioned the name of Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel. And he's coming off a year where he was the Maxwell Award Player of the Week, the Davey O'Brien National Quarterback mm -hmm. of the Week, Walter Camp, FES Offensive Player of the Week, Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. He puts up almost 400 yards in a win against Texas, and he may not be at the top of the odds right now when it comes to the Heisman Trophy, but if he keeps doing things like that, he's going to have a legit chance in that. Yeah, and listen, give a ton of credit to Brent Venables and that, that, that entire staff. I mean, they really took it on the chin last year, uh, including in the Red River rivalry, right? That was 49 to nothing. That was the most lopsided game between Oklahoma and Texas in their long history. Dylan Gabriel did not play in that game. He was in, in concussion protocol last October, but this entire team looks different. Dylan Gabriel being healthy this year is a big factor. That defense looks better. I saw it at times in that game, and I'm sure you were watching as well, Matt, at the line of scrimmage, Oklahoma was dominating a very good, very deep, very talented defensive line of Texas prior to Saturday. You know, Texas was in the discussion legitimately, especially after beating Alabama uh, in Tuscaloosa in September, Texas was legitimately considered one of those two, three, four teams that were in the hunt, serious hunt for a national championship, along with the Georgias, the Michigans, the Ohio State, uh, and perhaps lesser extent Florida State. But Oklahoma dominated that line of scrimmage for much of that game. Now, I think we're going to see these schools again in Arlington at the beginning of December. Wouldn't be shocked if Texas wins that game. And here's a question I'll throw out to you. I, I think for once, we finally have five power five conferences who can legitimately stake a claim to the college football playoff. Does a one-loss Texas or a one-loss uh, Oklahoma, does a, does a school from the Big 12 yeah. even get to the playoff this year?
Yeah, that's great. So I had Jerry Palm from CBS on yesterday, and I asked him where he puts the because there's always the that group of teams that are different than everybody else. And generally, it's like three, four, maybe five teams that you look at and say, okay, these are the legitimate national title contenders. And I asked Jerry yesterday, where where do you put that line? Is it between Florida State and Oklahoma? Between Oklahoma and Penn State? Like, where do you do it? And he said, there's ten schools right now that yeah. you could li- literally find a pathway yep. to a national championship. And I think that's it's funny Jerry said that because I've been thinking ever since the start of the season, I'm having as much fun as I've had in a long time covering the sport for that very reason. Because you know that for the past few years, it's largely been Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson before last year, and you know, Michigan briefly for, for the past couple of seasons, but there was such a small number of schools that were in legitimate contention for a national championship. But now you have representation throughout the entire country. You have Florida State out of the ACC. You got Georgia, maybe Alabama, but probably Georgia out of the SEC, Oklahoma, Texas in the Southwest. Big Ten's got three really good schools out of the East. And now for the first time in seven years, you've got hopefully Pac-12 representation. I know there will be a lot of cannibalization, again, beginning this Saturday, that takes place in the Pac-12, but that is a darn good conference right now with a ton of good quarterbacks. What are your thoughts on Missouri? 5-0 and start. They should have beat mm-hmm. LSU. They're going into an interesting stretch now where how they do against Kentucky and South Carolina might determine if they're a middle tier or maybe part of the kind of upper tier of the SEC. It's just a, I think people are still trying to figure out how good this team actually is. Yeah, it's funny you, you couched it perfectly. I think we're at the fork in the road right now. I, I, they had every right to win that game, couldn't win the fourth quarter, uh, played well, particularly offensively against LSU, but couldn't make stops late. Jaden Daniels has been fantastic, and I think he's going to be a very strong contender for every major award, depending upon what happens down the stretch. But Mizzou at five and one, I think, is better than preseason projections. Largely, sorry, I didn't realize you were a wildcat, but because of that win over K State, that to me, it puts them ahead of schedule for this season. But you're absolutely right. It's these final six games: Kentucky, South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas, that are really going to dictate what this season looks like. I, I think this can be an eight and fourteen which to me is progress for Eli. It's a good season for the program. But if we flirt with another, you know, six and seven, if there's a collapse now in the stretch, that's a big problem for the staff. Uh, I like the makeup of this team. I like the defensive talent. The offense has been fantastic. Uh, We're in the process at the club right now evaluating watch lists, mid-season ads. Obviously, Luther is – uh, strong, very high on our list. Want to see what Brady does this weekend. He could be an addition as well next week. So a lot of talent, momentum. This is a tough one this week, though. I mean, Kentucky is a very tough team. I think it's going to be an interesting matchup. You lead me right into my next question with Luther Burden. As you are evaluating him for all the, the various awards and looking at these watch lists and starting the process of paring them down here not too long from now, how, how do you evaluate him and how good – his numbers are already great, but you look at what he did this mm-hmm. past weekend and you say, okay, if he puts up just a, a percentage of that from here to the end of the way, we could be talking about these, this guy in contentions for some of these major awards. 
Yeah, and we've done it before, and, and, and not suggesting he's going to be Devontae Smith, but but it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be a first to have a, you know, a, an offense-only wide receiver. In the past, it had been, well, he's got to make some plays on special teams, do something other than catch passes. We're in a different era right now, and as I look through, I'll, I'll throw this out to you, Matt, and I was funny, where I was talking to our director about an hour ago about this very topic, Quarterback class, very strong. Running backs, we have very few candidates, which I think are going to create more opportunities for wide receivers. Marvin Harrison, obviously, at the top of the list. Uh, But Luther right now, I I think if we were taking two or three wide receivers for Maxwell Award semifinalists, which typically is around 15 or 16 of the top players in the country, I think Luther would be right in that discussion. I think he's. I think he would be on our short list for a semifinalist, depending upon what happens over the next couple of weeks. We meet at the end of October. But my long-winded point is, I think when we're looking at wide receivers, I can't find many who have been better in the first half of the season uh, than Luther Burden has. He is Rich Sermonello, Vice President of College Awards with the Maxwell Football Club. You see him all over the place, including doing some NFL draft analyst work. Rich, thank you so much for uh, the time. Enjoy uh, the college football weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again down the line. Thanks a lot, Matt. Enjoyed it. All right, very good. There's Rich Sermonello joining us via the Quiver River Electric guest line. All right, when we return, we're going to talk Blues hockey. Uh, We'll open up the phone lines for you at 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's also how you text in. Or you can tweet at me. Expectations. What are? Where do you set that line for what the Blues should be accomplishing this year. Would love to hear from you. We'll discuss it coming up in just a moment on a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOA. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We are back, continuing on. It's a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. If you want to join us, the phone lines are open for you. We're talking blues hockey. My question to you. What are you expecting? What do they have to accomplish this year for it to be a successful season? 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Blues open up their season tomorrow night when they are going to match up against the Dallas Stars, a team that's in the upper echelon of teams in uh, the NHL and in the uh, on the western side of things. Do we, we've, we've mentioned this a couple times, but this is where I'm kind of jumping off from. Doug Armstrong said earlier today as he had a, a media conference that as they evaluate themselves, what they're shooting for is they would be very happy with a third-place finish in the division that they look at the upper echelon teams, they look at the Colorados, they look at the Dallases, and they can say, you know what? Blues aren't there yet. They'll get there again. There's a, there's a path, there's a possibility, there's a, there's a way to get there, but they're not there yet. But you still have a roster group, mostly of players who have accomplished at least something, some more than others, uh, a lot of players who had years last year where they did not do what was expected of them, and the expectation this year is that they do take a step forward. There was a power play group that wasn't especially good last year. There was a defensive group that was not especially good last year. I can, If I want to name one storyline of, of that's going to determine how good this team is going to be, 
I think it comes down to those top four defensemen and how much they are able to shut down the top scoring teams across the NHL. When it comes to Tory Krug and Justin Falk and Colton Pareko and Nick Letty, those guys, what can they are they going to be able to do what they need to do to put the Blues in position to win games? Got a few text messages uh, on this. Uh, a text message from Chet. He says, "Yesterday I pulled up the Jordan Bennington numbers on NHL.com, and they're not good. They really haven't been good for a couple years or more." I think goaltending is an issue for the Blues, and at the moment it's kind of a taboo topic because it's Binner. St. Louis doesn't like to see their stars turn out to be duds. Maybe he'll prove me wrong, but he needs a solid year, in my opinion. Clearly. Clearly he needs a solid year. He has to play well. um, And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with mentioning his numbers, and his overall regular season numbers haven't been great. He is still a guy who is most known for standing on his head during the Stanley Cup run and then in the playoffs two years ago before he got injured. And I think they win that game, that series against Colorado two years ago if he doesn't get injured. Uh, but he was, he was on another one of those runs. So he is a guy that finds his game in the biggest moments. Who, but who is he on, every, on an everyday basis? Who is he on a Tuesday night in February? And that's going to be one of the things that the way it plays out will help determine just how good this team is going to be this year. I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing up the numbers. The numbers are what the numbers are. Now, sometimes when things are not going well in front of him, his emotions get the best of him, and, all, and that, doesn't, that doesn't help him. It is, a, it is a thin line with Jordan Bennington on using – the the mental and the emotional stuff to fuel you, but then where it goes too far and it hurts you. And being able to rein that in when you need to rein it in, use it when you need to use it. And bluntly, if you're using it on a Tuesday night in February, that's probably not the time to use it. I guess it depends on who you're playing and what the circumstances are and everything else. But just generally speaking, you just want a guy who's going to go out Every other night, go be in goal and go have a solid night and know that he's a sleeping giant that when the postseason comes around, he's going to make the big saves for you. That's what you need Jordan Bennington to be. And we've seen the second half of that. We have not so much seen the first half of that. Uh, another text message from the 314 says, for the, for the Blues, it's simple to me that the plus minus will tell you everything you need to know very succinctly, kind of like war or OPS in baseball. I think, so if you're looking at plus minus, so, you know, goals scored versus goals given up when is essentially what plus minus is. I do, th- the, the more direct correlation to baseball would be run differential. And sometimes run differential says a lot. Sometimes run differential doesn't say that much. Uh, there are teams out there. Again, I go back to my years covering the Brewers. And I can tell you that their run differential wasn't especially good at, at times when they had good seasons because what they would do is when they were in games that they likely were not going to win, their resource allocation would change and all of a sudden they would lose games by a lot of runs. So run differential would be a little bit skewed. They were better than their run differential. Now, what's the hockey equivalent to that? I don't know if there is. You know, you don't um, 
you don't generally sit guys that much unless there's injury concerns. You're not going to change out your goalie to your backup goalie just in the middle of the game just to just because of resource allocation. You might do it if they're giving up a bunch of goals. So is plus minus equivalent to war or OPS in baseball? Gosh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I – it's making me think. I love I loved it when, when you guys get at me and make me think through things and make me look at things a little bit differently. My – my initial reaction is I don't agree with that, uh, especially when we're doing the baseball comparison. But I don't. I also don't think plus minus is a direct correlation to run differential, even though from like a raw what those numbers are standpoint, it kind of is. But from a way the game is played standpoint, because of resource allocation and things that you can do in baseball that you can't do in hockey, I don't know. It's interesting. Um at the end of the day, you want to score more goals than your opponent. Like, that matters. I'm not trying to dismiss the importance of plus-minus. You, you go score more goals than your opponent, more often than not, you're going to win games. I'm not I'm not breaking any news here. Go outscore your opponents. You're going to win games. There you go. That is, uh, that is what we have figured out out of our long, winding conversation about the St. Louis Blues. Will be fun to see them tomorrow night. They got to Dallas early doing some team bonding and things like that. First official game for uh, Braden Shin after he was named the 24th captain in team history. Uh, a lot of pressure on that top line of Butchnevich and Thomas and Kairou. Uh, a lot of talk about that fourth line and what they're going to be able to do uh, out there with Torpchenko and Sunquist and neighbors. A lot of talk about the acquisition of Kevin Hayes. A lot of talk about uh, Kapanen and Blaze and, and Blay, excuse me, guys who were uh, brought in uh, at the end of the uh, season last year. Uh, for me, though, not trying to discount the goaltending. I've, I've got some sort of confidence in Jordan Bennington that I think things are going to be a little quieter in front of him. So he's going to be a little quieter, if that makes sense. Uh, if, if defensively the Blues can shut down or really limit the top scoring teams out there, and if they can get a whole bunch of scoring, especially from that top line, that top as the Blues go, that top line goes, and then if they can just be respectable on the power play, to me, that is the equation that gets them into the playoffs and maybe gets them that third spot in the Central Division that Doug Armstrong talked about earlier today. All right, we will take one final break. When we come back, our guy, Brad Young, we believe he's here. He's got at your service tonight. He is set to uh, join us, give us a preview of the program, and uh, I'm going to throw something out at him. I had a doctor's visit today. I'm going to share what happened because I think it's kind of funny. We'll see if he does. I think he also went to the Missouri game. We need to find out if he took his shirt off during the uh, Missouri game uh, this past Saturday. That's all coming up. It's Graveyard Sports Open Line on KMOX. Back at it on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. Have you for uh, just a little while longer, then I'll uh, give way to Brad Young. He's got at your – it's Wednesday night, so that means Brad Young in for at your service. He joins us right now. Hi, Brad. Matt, good to talk to you, my friend. Now, good to see you. This past weekend was the weekend you were going to the Missouri game, right? Yeah, I was there on, I was there on Saturday, and it was truly a roller coaster. It was. I mean, at one point, I don't know if you were at the game, but I'm sure you were watching it or listening to it. And it, it was truly a roller coaster. I mean, we were up, and then they came back, and we were down, and we were up, and we were down. And uh, at least from my layman's perspective, uh, there, there there was a marked difference in Mizzou between the first half and the second half. I think that's fair. And, uh, and again, I'm a layman. You're the expert. 
But I, I did notice that there was a difference. And it was just frustrating because when a game is a blowout, you're like, oh, well, you know, it was a mismatch. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get the next one. But when there are just key inflection points in the game that could have made the whole difference, like the one interception uh, uh, where, where Cook's intercepted or there was the missed field goal, if you just put those two plays together, you got a tie game. So it was just, it was a very frustrating, frustrating emotional roller coaster. Did you sit in the student section? I think I mentioned yeah. that last week. Well, normally when I go to the games, I sit on the I sit on the other side, right? Right. But my my daughter had us over for Parents' Day for her service sorority, and so she bought the tickets in the student section. And um, you know, I learned an, an entirely new vocabulary. Okay, uh, sitting in the student section, there there were words there that uh, I um, I I have not heard. Did you take your shirt off? Was it was M written across your chest? <laughs> You're stealing my material, man. Yeah, that's what I told my wife. I said I was going to take my shirt off and paint uh, M on my chest. And I'm not and, trying to take your whole and, show away. And here. Carol said, "No, that's uh, okay." So Carol, my wife said, "Brad, nobody wants to see that." I go, "All right, all right." Well, I wasn't intending to do it. I'm, just trying to get a reaction, but no, it was uh, it was a it was an experience, and um, the the biggest problem was uh, people who were seat poachers. Oh, because we had a, we had a whole bunch of reserved seats, and there were a lot of seat squatters mm. and coming in, and so uh, we had to you know rough some people up and you're a tough guy, put some people yeah. in the hospital, and you know I'm sure they're going to get recovered after their elbow surgery is completed, but uh, you know it, other than that, it was just fine. So I just I wanted to share this with you. I went to the doctor today. I went to urgent right. care. I've okay. been fighting a cough since the gotcha. my body knew the day the baseball season was over because okay. that Monday after I just started coughing. If you were listening to the show yesterday, you might have been thinking I was taking pauses for dramatic effect. No, it's because I'm pressing the cough button cough over button. and over and over gotcha. while I'm hacking up a lung. And my wife, I hate going to the doctor. My wife finally said, you have to go to the doctor. So I go to the urgent care today. I got a COVID test for the first time ever. All really? this time, three years or however, nope, no I'd never once taken a COVID test. Took a COVID test today. I was negative. That's why I'm here in the studio good, talking good, to you. Good, good, yeah. good. I'm glad you're not infecting me. That's good. Uh, so they come in to do my uh, blood pressure, and I'm wearing a hoodie. So I have to take my hoodie off so they mm -hmm. can get the good reading. And then they leave. I put the hoodie back on. A doctor comes in, talks to me. I've got tight lungs. They're going to give me some steroids and stuff like that to try to fix it all up. I'm going to need a shot, yada, yada, yada. So a few minutes, I put my hoodie back on. A few minutes later, uh, the, uh, the, the nurse comes back in. She's got the needle. Mm -hmm. And I go, oh, I need to take my hoodie off, don't I? She goes, no, you don't have to do that. Really? So, so oh, oh, drop yeah. your pants. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. it took me a second. <laughs> yeah. Took me a second. I have never yeah. had a shot yeah. in the backside before. Never. Never. So first COVID test, first shot in the backside. We're, a uh, day. we're new endeavors all the way around wow. uh, today for Matt, for Matt Pauly. And that is a, um, like, I know they're medical professionals. I know all that. But it's but a humbling experience yeah. to drop your pants. I didn't drop all the way. So, like... <laughs> I'm. Uh, she said, just towards the top. Okay, <laughs> just towards the top. I think the term she used was below the belt line. But yeah, I, and, and you know what? When I depose people mm -hmm. who are injured, yes, and because uh, uh, I'm always representing companies getting sued, uh, I, I use a lot of medical terminology. Okay. And so when I'm asking somebody when they say, "Oh, they got a back injury," I always say, "Is it above or below the belt line?" Okay, I mean that's a that's a medical term of art. All right. Well, she says just a little bit below the belt line. Yeah. So, you know, I unbuckle my pants and I'm, I'm pushing them down a little bit. I said, is that enough? No, need a little more. Okay. 
Well, did she say? Did she say anything like "yowza" or "oh my goodness"? No, or? I I thought about like my first inclination in that moment is to make sort of a joke. Yeah. Like oh, if sure. somebody's sticking a needle in my backside, I feel like I need to make a joke. But I didn't know if that's appropriate, especially if it was a woman. It wasn't a man. Like yeah. if it's a dude there, for sure I'm making some sort of joke. But there's a woman there. I don't want to say something that could be taken the wrong way. Yeah. So I just. I, I, I lowered the pants a little bit more, and uh, I took the shot. But, you know, as a general rule, this should have come to mind. You don't ever want to insult anyone who's coming at your buttocks with a sharp instrument. No, okay? it hurt. That, that's, that's when you say, yeah. okay, I'm just going to you know, let it ride. Uh, go ahead. We'll just let it ride. Well, the only time I've had a COVID test in my life, because I never got COVID, all during COVID. But the only time I had a COVID test is I was in here in studio with Kevin Wheeler. Mm-hmm. And the next day, Wheels got tested positive for COVID. So I thought, eh, I better go take the COVID test. I, I never got sick, but you know, I thought, my goodness, all the viruses that are probably living inside of Kevin Wheeler, uh, COVID <laughs> was probably the least of my worries. Seems like everybody around here at KMOX had multiple bouts yeah. of COVID. And maybe I had it. My my whole, especially like during the lockdown period of COVID, um, and I, I wasn't trying to be dismissive of it or, or anything like that. I understood uh, the gravity of it, but I also knew that COVID tests were expensive and they were, they were mm-hmm. finite and things like that. And when we were in lockdown, I was in my house and I wasn't going anywhere. So if my cold was a cold or if my cold was COVID, it really didn't change anything for me. Exactly. So now if I would have gotten very sick, that would have been different. And I know other people did get very sick for it. And, and that's the, when sure. I talk about this, I want to be very clear that it wasn't that I was trying to, uh, you know, minimize it. But, no. you know, I had a cold here, a cold there. Never felt the need to take a COVID test. I didn't care. So so basically what you're telling me is, is now that you're hacking all over me since we're just a few feet apart, yep. I've got no risk of COVID, but everything else is is up for grabs. Correct. So okay. it was just tight lungs. Okay. We're all good. They put me on the uh, the nebulizer, so I have to sit oh, in yeah. there for oh, sure. you know 20 minutes. Which, while... by the way, has there ever been a cooler instrument name than the nebulizer? That's pretty good. That sounds like something right out of Star Trek. It right does. There, you you know, pull the nebulizer out. Put oh, it to, man. He, he so... shot me with a nebulizer. I mean, that sounds so cool. So I, I nebulized. You today. nebulized. Yeah. So I'm I'm good. I've I've coughed less today. Good. I don't good. have a sports open line tomorrow because of Thursday night football. Friday will be uh will be good to go. And most importantly, hopefully I don't wake up in the middle of the night with an uncontrollable cough, waking my wife up at four thirty in the morning when she's gotta be up at six. Listen, that's the most important thing. Yes. You know, the wife ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. That's why I ended up at the urgent care today. Oh yeah. About a minute left. What do you have coming up on uh, at your service tonight? Well, we're actually gonna talk to a guy who's in Israel. He's in Israel right now. And we're going to talk to him about what he's seeing on the ground in Israel, the the kind of impact that he's seeing. And we're also going to talk to him about the fact that the Israeli Defense Forces, um, because they've mobilized 300,000 people instantly, they don't have enough gear. Yeah. They don't have enough gear, so he's going to talk about that. And, and then we're going to open up the phone lines about what people think that's going on in Israel and Hamas. And and uh, and that's going to be a lot of the show. I've I'm seeing these pics. Like, I just, I wish social media had a filter that you do. Oh, like, and there's a difference between like isolating yourself from what's going on and then just not seeing things. Because you can't unsee it. Yeah. You really can't. It's been, these images have been so 
impactful and brutal. Just sad. I'm just sad. I'm so, the sadness outweighs the anger right now for me because I've seen what's happened to uh, to families and, and individuals. All right. So on that note, at your services on the way next. Brad Young is in this evening. He'll take you all the way till ten o'clock tonight. Thursday night football with the Chiefs tomorrow. I'll be back with you on Friday for Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.